Hello, people of Earth, and welcome back to Good Humans. My name's Josh, and this is a podcast about exploring better ways to be human. Um, so we're going to do that here in a second. Uh, I'm back at my desk, uh, surrounded by my nerdy things. Uh, I'm looking at a bar of Fight Club soap, bought for me by uh, my good friend Stuart Hardy, friend of the podcast. Um, and given to me the day before my wedding. So, uh, I love it. It's super cool. Um, a lot of other nerd things on these shelves. Uh, so this is home. This is cozy drinking, uh, some nice high West rye. Um, I don't remember if that was what I was drinking the last episode I recorded, uh, but given to me by, uh, good friends, uh, Uwe and Anna, um, who also were in the wedding. Uh, so that's where I'm at. Um, I'm cozy and happy and content. Uh, and I hope everybody listening is as well, um, wherever you find yourself, uh, while you're listening to this. So, uh, we're going to jump in, um, Uh, I I was saying a few episodes ago, there are going to be a few solo episodes uh, interspersed throughout some conversations that I have with uh, a few friends of mine. Um, And I do have uh, a few upcoming episodes uh, with some friends of mine that I am very excited about. Um, So stay tuned for those. But uh, in the meantime, there's going to be a few... um, episodes uh that are just me um and talking about things that uh i've been thinking about um and kind of working through myself uh and so this is partly just me wondering if anybody else uh has been thinking about any of this or uh partly just me wondering uh if maybe this would be helpful to somebody else um and hopefully it it can be um and also partly me wondering if anybody would have anything to add uh, to anything that I would say, um, or anything that I've been thinking about. So, uh, if any of those applies to you, welcome. Uh, and if you do have something to add, um, or if you just think I'm an idiot and wrong, let me know that too. Uh, I'm interested to know what you think. Um, I would prefer this be a conversation, uh, and not just me talking at you. Um, so let's get into it. Um, this is, Good Humans Episode 2, the second episode since our rebrand, and I'm going to call this one Not for the Hell of It, not being in parentheses, not for the Hell of It. Uh, So before I fully jump in, I have two quotes that I would like to share with everybody. Um, They are both from a man that I admire um, and have followed uh, a lot of his work really closely. I actually just finished watching uh, a spectacular documentary uh, about this guy. Uh, his name is Rob Bell. Um, a lot of you may have heard of him already. If you haven't, look him up. Um, I think Rob is uh, a very important person. Uh, and I don't say that in the sense of um, celebrity or uh, or what we traditionally would think of as an important person. I, I mean that in, I think, the literal sense of the word. He is an important person. I think he's doing very important work. Um, and, uh, I just watched a documentary about Rob Bell called heretic. Uh, and it's about 
among other things, it's about uh, when he uh, his book Love Wins came out, um, and all of the controversy from uh, Christian circles and, and fundamentalist circles uh, surrounding that book, uh, how his life changed after that, um, and sort of the work that he's doing now. Um, and it's spectacular. Um, so I highly recommend it. The only way you can get it currently is on iTunes or Amazon. Um, but, uh, I just literally just finished watching it minutes ago. Um, and I think it's spectacular. So, uh, hats off to Rob Bell and Andrew Morgan, um, who, uh, was the, the, the person who put together the documentary. Um, very well done. Uh, very moving. Um, and, like I said, spectacular. So, uh, and I'm not even getting paid to promote that documentary. So there you go. You're welcome, Rob Bell. Um, but two quotes that I want to share from Rob Bell that I think, uh, have everything to do with what we're going to talk about today. So the first one is, um, what we do comes out of who we believe we are. What we do comes out of who we believe we are. And the second one that I wanted to share is, uh, is this because with every action, comment, conversation, we have the choice to invite heaven or hell to earth with every action comment conversation we have the choice to invite heaven or hell to earth um so i titled this episode not in in parentheses for the hell of it um because something that i've been thinking about recently and and even having conversations with cecilia about uh and a few friends um is this idea of why should i do or be good? Why should I? Um, and I think it's a fair question, uh, especially when doing or being good would cost us something. It's not always the easy thing and it's not always convenient. It's not always fun in the moment. Uh, and sometimes even often it's thankless. The obvious answer to this question would be, well, because it's good to be good. Um, the Bible says to be good. God says to be good. Religion tells us to be good. Uh, human decency tells us to be good. There, there are simple answers to this question, but I don't think this question is answered that simply, um, especially in light of all these reasons to potentially not do good. Um, sometimes it costs us something. And so why then? Why would we do good or why would we be good? Um, and the, the title of this podcast is good humans. Um, so I thought this was at least worth, uh, thinking about, um, and, and talking about briefly. Uh, so, so why then, why would we do or be good? So I think to answer that, um, we probably first need to talk about why not to do it. Um, and that is not to say reasons to not be good. That is to say, uh, reasons that would be the wrong motivation to be good. Um, so I want to be clear that <laughs> what what I'm about to say is not reasons to be not good. Uh, it is reasons that would be the wrong, in my in my view, the wrong motivation to be good. Um, so why not to do it? Um, and I would say not for the hell of it. Uh, and what I mean by that, um, I'll explain. The word hell is, I think, loaded um, religiously, mystically, culturally. This word has been used uh, many different ways, and none of them are positive. Um, it conjures up in- images of torture and, and torment and suffering, judgment, damnation, all these things. And uh, I'm going to hell is a phrase that we use when 
we know or we feel we've been less than our best selves, sometimes jokingly. Um, but hell has all of these ideas uh, and emotions attached to it, this word. Um, so a bit about hell then before we move on. Um, in case, uh, I, I always wonder, uh, I, I grew up in a, a very religious home. Um, I've spoken about it here on the podcast and, and with many of you, I'm sure that are listening, uh, in person before, but, um, very religious home, um, in what is in every sense of the word and by definition, a cult, um, called the independent fundamental Baptist movement. Uh, so if you're not familiar with that, just type in the letters IFB into Google, uh, hit the return button and we will see you in about six months, uh, because it's a deep, dark rabbit hole. But, uh, so I always try to remember that although I grew up in a very religious home, um, and so I, I probably take a lot of these concepts for granted. Uh, a lot of people did not, uh, religion was not a central part of their, their childhood, um, or the way they were raised. So, um, but whether that is the case for you, whether you were raised, uh, very religious or you weren't, um, I think some of this may be new information, uh, for you. Some of it may not. Um, but I just want to make sure that we're all sort of on the same page and in the same place before we move any further. So a bit about hell. Um, the modern word for hell comes from an ancient English word, H-E-L, uh, hell, that first emerged around 725 CE. Um, and it referred to a netherworld of the dead uh, in the Anglo-Saxon pagan period. Um, but that word ultimately came from Proto-Germanic uh, a Proto-Germanic word, um, halja, H-A-L-J-A, which meant one who covers up or hides something. Um, and then all through the Germanic languages uh, in, in different forms, spelled different ways, this word always referred to uh, either hiding something or something hidden. Um, and it wasn't until much later, much, much later, uh, that it was used to describe what is commonly, what what we commonly refer to as hell today. Um and what it commonly refers to in, in Christianity and that context. So um, if, if we go even further back, early, early Judaism, uh, which is ultimately what Christianity is standing on the shoulders of, um, and in my opinion, uh, it's what Christianity has, has perverted and twisted and westernized um, to be what it is today. Uh, early Judaism didn't have any concept of hell. Um, although they did have like a mystical, uh, sort of, uh, parable concept of an afterlife. Um, and that was introduced like during the Hellenistic period. Um, and according to most scholars that was via, um, Hellenistic religions. Uh, for example, it incur, it, it, it occurs like it happens in the book of Daniel. Um, it's referred to, uh, in the book of Daniel 12, 12, um, it says something along the lines of many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, uh, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Although other scholars have said, uh, what we're going to talk about here in a, just a second, but other scholars have said that, um, even those concepts, uh, in, in the, in the Jewish tradition are not taught. Everlasting life is talking about quality of life. Uh, and it's talking about the present, um, 
as is uh, everlasting contempt uh, and shame. So both of those refer to now, here, right now, your quality of life right now, and the kind of life you're you're creating for yourself and the kind of world you're creating for others, um, not the afterlife. But uh, either way, early Judaism didn't have any concept of, of hell um, or a place that you would go uh, to burn forever if you were a bad person, um, which is the way Christianity views it. And so, um, Judaism does not have a specific doctrine about the afterlife, but it does have, like I said, a a mystical, um, sort of, of parable, uh, Orthodox tradition of describing, uh, a place called Gehinnom. Uh, and so Gehinnom is a important word. We're going to come back to that in a second too. Um, but according to Jewish teachings, hell is not entirely physical. It, instead, it's uh, you could compare it, like we were just saying, to uh, an intense feeling of shame, um, which comes from disturbing shalom. So this is another concept that's been really twisted um, in recent years, and and we we have no concept of most people have no concept of what it used to mean, what it originally meant, uh, which is this word sin, um, which originally meant to disturb shalom. Uh, is how it was translated. And Shalom is uh, peace. Now, Shalom has come to mean simply peace, but it didn't always mean that. In fact, um, most Hebrew words have uh, a lot of, if if we were going to define most Hebrew words, we would need at least a few sentences. Um, and this is one of them. So Shalom doesn't just mean peace. It means much more than that. It actually means uh, the way everything fits together, the way everything functions in harmony with each other. Um, and, and the, the sort of perfection and wonder and joy, uh, and peace that comes from everything functioning together as it should, all the pieces moving as they should, all the pieces fitting as as they should, everyone taking part as they should. So that's the concept of Shalom. So sin originally, the only thing that meant was to disturb that it wasn't, um, it was never a moral thing. It wasn't um, uh, this this concept of good or bad. Um, it was simply when you sinned, you were disturbing the way everything was supposed to fit together and function together. You were disturbing the joy and peace that comes from that. And so the 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 concept of you know please don't sin was not please don't be a bad person please don't be immoral. It was please don't upset the balance and the peace and the wonder and the joy and the way everything fits together because you're not just affecting yourself. It affects everyone and everything. Um, So that's where the concept of sin came from. So disturbing Shalom then would cause torment, destruction, shame, uh, or Gehenna. Um, And so we're, we have yet to get to that. We will get to that, that word. Um, but it's not meant to refer to like a point in the future, uh, or the afterlife. It's, it's meant to refer to right now, the quality of life and the kind of life that you're building and the kind of world that you're contributing to making. Um, so the sort of the opposite of this then was this concept of teshuva, um, which is return. Basically it's, it's where we get our, uh, our modern word like repentance, um, Basically, and so the opposite of this was that they, the way they framed this is you could you could be in hell at any moment, uh, or Gehinnom, 
um, as they would have said at any moment, uh, sort of creating this state of torment and torture and shame for yourself in the present right now in the world. Uh, or there was this concept of what they called the gates of teshuva, the gates of repentance uh, or return. And those were always open at any point. So you could always fall back in line with shalom or sometimes they would say things like God's will, uh, but it meant the same thing. Uh, and you could step out of that place of shame and torment back into shalom, uh, back into God's will um, through the gates of teshuva or return or repentance. Um, and so the idea here is that being out of alignment with shalom uh, is its own punishment according to the Torah. So, and, and that's, I mean, that has always been a very important collection of writings and, and a very important document for the Jewish people. Um, and it would have been important to um, the, the early Jews as well. So all of that um, about this concept now about the word Gehinnom and two other words. So the word hell itself is never used, not once in the New Testament, um, ever. That's a, a slightly more modern word uh, than these writings, um, as we stated at the beginning of all this. So there were three words that were used, though, in the New Testament um, that all get translated as the same thing, funny enough. And they all have very different meanings. Uh, but in the in the English Bible, they all get translated as the same word, hell. Um and so two of them were Greek, one was Hebrew. So just really quick on those three words. Um, I'm sorry if this is boring to anybody. It's intensely interesting to me. Uh, first word is Hades. That's a Greek word. And it has similarities to the Old Testament term Sheol, uh, which meant like the place of the dead or a grave or, you know, just dead death. Um, and so in the New Testament, sometimes this word Hades is used in reference to both uh, the righteous and the wicked since both wind up there eventually. And it's, that is talking about the, the end to life as we know it physically. Um, and then in a few cases, it's also, uh, used to refer to the idea that, uh, um, you know, the end they're in or the ways of death, uh, would be a good example, um, of a passage from the Bible that uses this word this way. Uh, basically saying like you, what you're doing is not constructive, um, it's actually the opposite. It's destructive. It's, it's deadly, uh, not in a physical sense, but in, um, you know, in terms of the ongoing creation of the world and contributing to, uh, a constructive way of being and a better way of being human. Uh, it's the opposite of that. Um, it's dead. It's, you know, there's, there's no life in it. Um, so that's the word Hades. The second word, um, also Greek Tartaru, um, or, related to the word Tartarus, uh, basically it's, it's the verb throw to Tartarus. Um, interestingly enough, it's the same word used in the fall of the Titans, uh, to describe the fall of the Titans, um, in the Iliad. Uh, and so this occurs one time in the new Testament. Um, it's in second Peter. Um, and it's used in parallel, um, to the way it's used in the first book of Enoch. Um, which is not in the Bible, uh, but it is a historical Jewish writing. Um, and so it's used the same way as it is in the book of Enoch and, uh, the first book of Enoch. Um, 
and it's used to to talk about um again there's there's some very figurative language here but it's used to talk about a place of incarceration for fallen angels um and it's never used in reference to humans uh or a place that humans go interestingly enough um because again the jewish tradition uh for the most part has no doctrine about an afterlife um because it's not the point so why would they have uh, a doctrine about where humans would go when they die if they're bad um lastly this word gehenna uh comes from a word gehenna uh which refers to a place a literal geological place um called the Valley of Hinnom, which was basically a garbage dump outside of Jerusalem. And it was where people would dump their garbage uh, and then they would burn it because if you don't burn it, then it just piles up and it gets stinky and it's disgusting. Um, so you need to burn it off every now and then. And because it is garbage, because there are a lot of, you know, when things start to rot, things become very flammable. Um, so it, it burns well and it burns for a very long time. So, um, there was usually in this valley um, called Gehenna or the Valley of Hinnom, there was pretty much always a fire burning um, because people were always dumping garbage there uh, and they wanted it to burn. But because, again, rotting things burn very well, there's usually always a fire burning there. So um, what they would do is not only would they dump uh, uh, garbage there, but they would also dump bodies of those deemed to have died in sin, um, quote unquote, uh, in, in disturbance of Shalom, uh, without hope of salvation, um, without, you know, like they died, uh, in their disturbing of Shalom. So they did not get to, um, to Shuva or return or repent. Uh, they would dump people's bodies there who, who died in that, um, they would dump into the Valley of Hinnom, into Gehenna, uh, to be burned up. Um, and so Jesus, when Jesus talks about, uh, in the English Bible, when we see Jesus talking about hell, uh, he often is referring to this word. Um, and again, it's not meant to refer to an afterlife. It's meant to refer to the, the state of your life right now. Like, are you, are you, he's literally saying like, are you, are you building, a burning garbage heap of a life for yourself or are you participating in as rob bell would say the ongoing creation of the world are you being constructive are you helping to build the thing or are you participating in its destruction uh and its death and its its consumption by like being thrown into a burning garbage dump. Um, so all of that, uh, just to give everyone some background on this word, um, both it's, it's again, it's religious connotations because we've, we've used this word for so long, um, wrongly. Uh, and so it's got all this baggage attached to it. Um, and so basically the, the way we, perceive this word now is that hell is what we get for being bad. Um, so if we're supposed to be or do good, not for the hell of it 
Here's what I mean by that. If we do or are good um, in this line of thinking, then we escape judgment. We are spared the torment of hell. Um, we, we don't have to end up in that terrible place um, in the afterlife if we're good enough here. Uh, and, or even if we're looking at it as, although it's true, even if we're looking at it as, uh, in the context of, of how the Jews have always used this word, how it was originally used, which is, uh, a current state of being. And so if we're saying, you know, we should do good so that our life is not a burning trash heap of a life, um, either way, like setting aside the fact that, that the fear of hell on the afterlife is bullshit. Even if we're looking at it in the original use of the word, is this really the best reason to do good? Um, I mean, really like is, is, is the best motivation for us to do good or be good is, is the best motivation just so that we escape torment and torture just so that just so we're not we don't have to suffer forever in eternity or, or even now in the, in the present. So if the only reason we're being or doing good is to escape hell, I would say, um, we're not good at all. In fact, we're selfish assholes. If that's our only reason for doing it, um, or for being good. Um, and the, the other thing about this is that this doesn't last, um, Let's so just stop and think like, did, did fear as a motivate, basically this is, this is fear as motivation is what we're talking about. So let's think back to everyone hop in your way back machine. Um, for some of you, maybe not so way back. Uh, and let's think about your childhood, um, or maybe your elementary school days, or maybe your, uh, early teenage years or late teenage years. So let's think about this fear as a motivation. Did it work on you always? Um, or at some point did it not work? Um, when you weighed the benefits of going out with your friends or trying that cigarette for the first time or taking your first drink or going to that party or dating that boy or stealing the candy or whatever you did, did fear eventually stop being such a potent deterrent? Um, and instead you went ahead and did whatever that thing was. You may have gotten caught and still got punished, but fear doesn't last long as a deterrent. Um, eventually fear loses its potency when weighed against the perceived benefits of the transgression. And so then there's, there's no mindset change in this. There's no uh, inner working. There's no enlightenment there's only temporary fear compounded on top of complete selfishness and asshole asshole ishness. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're making it a word now. Asshole ishness. Um, so if fear is your only motivation to do good. Uh, not only are, are, not only is that a terrible motivation because I mean, come on, like that's, that's an extremely self-centered, um, self-serving asshole reason to do good. Uh, but it, 
besides that, there's, there is no mindset change. So eventually when that fear wears off, you're still an asshole doing asshole things, but now the fear is gone and there's zero motivation to do good. And so now quite possibly you're worse for it, if that makes sense. So I'll also add here, uh, that the golden rule is self-absorbed bullshit as well. Do unto others as they would as, as you would have them do unto you. I mean, come on. Um, the whole idea of karma, uh, if I do good to to people, then you know, it'll come back around to me. Um, and I know that's a very reductive explanation of karma, but uh if that's your motivation for doing good, you're you're not a you're not a good person. You're just an asshole um that's out for himself, so or herself. So uh Fear is a terrible motivation um, and it doesn't last. So back to the original question then, why why would I do or be good? Um, <laughs> I'm, I am, su- I was super tempted. I'm going to do it uh, because why the hell not? Wink, wink. Um, seriously though, like, wh- I mean, honestly, why wouldn't you? Uh, Let's okay. So let's back up just a little bit. So why would I, or or why should I do or be good? Um, So the first thing I would say to this is because it is who you are as a human. Um, I've said before. that like part of this whole new uh, look and feel for the podcast is um, I, I do want to explore better ways to be human. I, I want to find better ways myself to be human. I want to hear other people's uh, stories and I want to find out how they are being good humans. Um, and I want to introduce you guys to people who I think are being good humans and have constructive conversations with them about that. But part of it is also me trying to recapture um, or maybe not recapture because I don't think I've totally lost it, but maybe um, reinvigorate my optimism about humanity um, because for a long time it has seemed like there's not a lot of reasons to be optimistic about humanity. But at my core, I I wholeheartedly with my entire being believe that humans innately at their core at the very beginning are good. I think every human starts with good. And I'm going to, I'm going to take one more side trail here and talk about the way I grew up because the way I grew up, the religion that I was raised in a lot of religion in general would tell you that humans are innately bad. Humans start with bad and have to try to be good to get into God's good graces or uh, to serve God or, or whatever the motivation is. But um, and and so those religions would point to a doctrine that they would call original sin, which goes back to the story of Adam and Eve. And Uh, If you're familiar with that story, the story goes that in the Garden of Eden, after everything was created by God and everything was perfect, there was no sin in the world. God told Adam and Eve, you can eat any fruit, any vegetable in this this entire garden that you would like to, except for that tree over there, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of that tree, 
you're going to die. It was the only rule God set for humanity, for Adam and Eve, the two first humans, according to this tradition. So the doctrine of original sin goes that uh, the original sin was that Eve was deceived. Of course, it was the woman, by the way, um, because that's <laughs> there's there's so much mis- misogynist thinking in all of this. But um, Eve was deceived by the serpent, uh, who was possessed by Satan, and uh, she ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and so she committed a sin. And in so doing, she then had knowledge of good and evil, as the name of the tree might imply. And then she seduced, tricked, conned, uh, whatever you want to call it, Adam, into also eating of the fruit. So Adam also sinned. So by them, sin was brought into the world. And from thenceforth, every human has been born into sin. That's the doctrine. However, um, and I'm not the first person to say this, but this, this doctrine leaves out. So if you're going to, here's my problem with a lot of religion and a lot of modern, modern Christianity, if you're going to base your doctrines and your beliefs in the Bible, uh, you can't do exactly what you accuse most people of doing, um, what they accuse most people of doing, which is picking bits and pieces out, uh, and building theories and philosophies, uh, on those pieces, the ones that you like, the ones that, uh, point to and contribute to what you're trying to prove. You have to take the whole thing. And in that spirit, if you're going to look at this story, you also have to look before it, uh, which was not that destroys the, (laughs) that destroys the doctrine of original sin, because that's not the first chapter. That's not the first part of the book. There's a whole bunch before this story takes place where everything is perfect and humans are perfect and created in God's image um, in this tradition. And so uh, original sin is not the thing. Um, original goodness is the thing. And and whether or not you look, if none of that makes uh, any difference to you because you don't believe in the Bible or, or you don't like, that's not where your faith lies or you're an atheist or whatever. Fine. I'm just, I'm explaining it from uh, the perspective that I grew up with, but I think this is applicable across the board. I I think humans um, and people can disagree with this. That's, that's fine. Um, I think it's a, a much happier, more joyful place to live, to believe this, but humans, in my opinion, uh, at their core are good and start off good and things have to happen to you or you have to make certain decisions along your path uh, to be a bad human. Um, I think, (laughs) I think everybody starts off as a good human. Uh, So if that is the case, then doing, or you know what, look, this is why Cecilia and I were again just talking about this, and and this is is they talk about this in the documentary that I just watched, uh, the Heretic about Rob Bell. But this is why all of humanity, every human, you will not find a human that doesn't have this thought in some capacity. I know something about what our history was as humanity. 
I know where we are now. And I also know where we need to get to. Every human at some level and some capacity has that thought. And the reason for that is that every human, even humans who have never heard of the Bible or live in the furthest reaches of the known world where there is no contact with anyone outside their tribe uh, or their village or whatever, every human has this has this inkling, this knowledge that sure, maybe we've made some progress. I know where we're at right now and I know where we used to be. Uh, but I also know that it doesn't stop here. There, there is somewhere we need to get to. And a lot of us, most of us maybe will disagree on where it is that we need to get to, but we all have an idea of what kind of progress needs to be made. And the reason for that, I think, is that every human at their core is good. And so if that's the case, then why would you do or be good? Uh, I would say it's because it's who you are. It's who you are as a person. It's, it's how you started. It's at your core. Which goes back to the first quote uh, from Rob Bell, what we do comes out of who we believe we are. Um, and I think that's very true. I think, uh, and I think it's evidenced, there's all this you know, uh, debate between nature versus nurture, and, but there's all this evidence uh, in you know, kids that grow, grow up with very supporting households and, and very supportive parents and, and a great support system. Um, they grow up thinking that they can do anything. Um, and that's amazing. That's wonderful. Uh, and kids that don't grow up with that grow up thinking that they always need to do the next thing to be approved of, or they're not good enough to do this or that, uh, or they'll never be cool enough or good looking enough or whatever. Um, and I think that's incredibly sad. So my first answer to this question would be because it's who you are as a human. Um, this is who you are at your core. And if you believe that, then this is the kind of thing you'll do. Um, super unprofessional, Josh, leaving your laptop sound on. Um, so the next answer that I would give to this question, why would I do or be good is this is what I spend the most of my time thinking about because so the answer that I would, the next one that I would give is because if you have the chance to partake again, as Rob would say in, in the ongoing creation of the world, uh, if you have the chance to make somebody's day better, if you have the chance to leave things better than the way you found them, why wouldn't you, if you have the power to help instead of hurt, why wouldn't you? And if you have the power to combat injustice, right wrongs, heal wounds, ease pain, spread joy, build up or love genuinely and freely, what possible reason could you have for not doing it? What possible reason could you have for doing the opposite? How, how can you justify that? Because you would feel some inconvenience um, or because you'd have a little less money or because you'd be a little uncomfortable. And is, is your aversion to a little discomfort or a little less money or a little inconvenience worth turning your back 
on humanity. And I like, this is not hyperbole and I'm not trying to be melodramatic, but in my opinion, that's what you are doing. If you're choosing to do the opposite or even to do nothing, you are turning your back on humanity. And look, I'm speaking in very grandiose terms and I'm doing that on purpose because this is what I believe, but let's put this on a personal, more everyday practical level. When you hear about tragedies, uh, like school shootings or hurricanes ripping through uh, a community and destroying people's livelihoods and homes. Or when you hear about people that don't have access to clean water or whatever the case may be. If your first thought is, I'm glad it's not me. What are you doing? And I'm not going to sit here and and say that that has never crossed my mind because it's crossed my mind a lot more times than I would like to count. But if that's where your thought process ends, what are you doing? If your thought process ends with, oh man, that's terrible. uh, But what can I do? What are you doing? And even if you get so far as to say, man, that's terrible. What can I do? Ah, man, I, man, I could volunteer. I could give some money, but, uh, like, uh, you know, I haven't got to play video games very much this week, or I haven't got to devote very much time to reading this book that I like, or, you know, a couple of my friends and I were planning on going out and getting drinks. So I I can't, you know, I got to use that money for that. I can't really spare that money because that's my going out money. What are you doing? What are you doing? Maybe this is just my personality. And I'm really not trying to put myself on a pedestal here. I'm not because there have been far too many times where I have been ashamed of my own inaction and my own uh, turning my back on humanity. But how, how do we... And look, I understand like there's, there's so much it's information overload. We have more access to information now than we ever have before. And so every day, almost we're hit with a new horrible thing and a new thing that we're supposed to care about. And at some level it gets exhausting and we can't do something about everything. I understand that. But when you are hit with something that at least, you know, the, for whatever reason, that at least makes you stop and think several of those thoughts. How do you justify not doing anything at all? How do you justify not finding a GoFundMe and kicking in 10 bucks? How do you justify not, you know, donating some of your old clothes to a homeless shelter? Or how do you justify not just things that you're not going to miss? You're never going to wear those clothes again. You're not going to miss $10. You can do without one less, you know, you can do with one less beer, uh, this week. Um, you can do with, you know, a a few less hours of video games. If, if, you know, you have an opportunity to, to volunteer somewhere. But my, my point is, 
how do you, I, I, I don't know. We like, we all have the urge. We all have the, the longing, I think inside of us to do those things. And then we have to come up with reasons and, and, uh, rationalizations about why not to do them. Um, and, and what I'm saying is why not just do them? $10 is not much of a loss. A few hours is not much of a loss. Some clothes that you are never going to wear again is not much of a loss. Donating some blankets that cost 15 or $20 to a homeless shelter is not much of a loss. Um, and if, if humanity thought this way, if everybody thought I, I, if everybody's identity was, I am a good person. I'm one of the good ones. And I'm going to do my part. I, I, maybe this is just pie in the sky thinking, but I think we'd have a lot less problems. Um, and as, as I've been thinking about this over the last few weeks, um, just randomly, uh, my good friend, Stuart, who's been on the podcast, um, he has his own podcast called not your mother's podcast. Uh, I think he's doing very important work as well. So go check him out. Um, not your mother's podcast, Stuart Hardy. Um, I'm not getting paid to promote his podcast either. Um, but he's a good guy. He's doing good stuff. So as I was thinking about this over the last few weeks, just out of the blue, Stuart and I hadn't talked about this, um, at least recently. Uh, and he just texted me, I think today, actually this morning. Um, and he said, Hey, you know, just something I've been thinking about, um, you know, thought you might resonate with this, or I, I forget exactly what he said, but here's, here's the quote. This is exactly what he sent me, um, that he wanted me to think about not knowing that I was already thinking about this. He said, uh, never stop doing good. Whether you think it's making a difference or not, it is your role in the universe is to spread your good in order to balance out the bullshit. So say hello, share a smile, hold the door uh, a little bit longer, be extra patient. You're one of the good ones. It's your duty. And I could not agree more with that. Um, and I'm so proud and happy to have friends uh, who um, are dwelling on some of these same kind of things uh, and trying to do their own part to make things better and to do good and and be a good person. Um and after all that, I will say, because I know part of human nature, along with the innate goodness and the original goodness in every person, I know part of humanity and, and part of the human nature is, is to look out for yourself. Um, it's instinct. You like, what's in it for me? Like, how can I take care of myself? And you know what? You do have to take care of yourself before you take care of other people. I understand that. So, because I know that's part of every human's psyche as well, I'll also say this. Even if it never makes a notice, noticeable difference, even if you're never thanked, even if it never seems to change anything, it is changing you. And that matters immensely. You live here too. So if you're not making a better world for somebody else, 
why wouldn't you do it for yourself? It's not the best motivation, um, but it is a byproduct. If you're doing good for others and making a better world for others, you're making a better world for yourself um, and the people that you love. So uh, not for the hell of it. Uh, and that's this episode. So, um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, I, I don't really know. Usually I have a gauge by the end of these sort of how they went. Uh, and I have no internal gauge about how this one went. I know I was, this is something I'm passionate about. And so, um, I hope that came across, uh, I also feel like this this might have been one of the more dry episodes that I've recorded, so I apologize if this one was more boring, but um, I think it's important. So I hope this has been helpful, uh, and I, I hope that if anyone has anything to add to the conversation um, or anything to correct me on or help me think differently on, I would love to know what you think. Uh, so I'm just going to tell you very quickly how you can get a hold of me. Uh we have a Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash goodhumans, I believe. Um, I just changed the URL, so I'm just going to make sure that that's correct. Sorry, it's facebook.com slash goodhumanspod. Um, I also have an email address. It's goodhumanspod at gmail.com. And we also have a website. It's www.goodhumanspod.com. So, any of those three places, you can get a hold of me, reach out, um, tell me what you're thinking. Even if it has nothing to do with what we talked about on the episodes of the podcast, if there's just something that you've been sort of rolling around in your brain um, and you want to have a conversation about something, reach out. I would love, love, love to talk to you. Um, like I said, I, I would love for this to be a conversation and not just me talking at uh, some people. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um it's crazy. I was, I was just, I, uh, I, Cecilia and I just went out to dinner with uh, a couple good friends of ours, um, Adam and his husband Oliver, um, lovely people, and uh, they were asking about the podcast. And um, when I told them, you know, how many listeners listeners we get on average a month, um, they were like, "Oh, that's like that's awesome. That's super crazy." Um, and to, to my own shame, sometimes I think I take it for granted uh, that people listen to this podcast, but I, I am, you know, that made me stop and think um, about how crazy it is that, like, I sit down uh, either with a friend or just by myself and say words into a mic and then put them on the internet. And then people take time out of their day to listen to something um, that I and a friend made or I made, and that's crazy. And it's really humbling. So, Thank you so much for listening. Um, it truly, truly means a ton. Um, I hope this has been helpful. I would love to hear from you guys and, and hear what you think. So uh, reach out um, and uh, stay tuned to the podcast because we have some cool, uh, good humans uh, scheduled to come on. I'm very, very excited about some of the conversations we'll be having over the next few weeks. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, thank you guys for listening so much again. Uh, until next time. Be good to each other.